Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Looking today at Joshua chapter 4, in our study of the book of Joshua, we've already seen the Lord's commissioning Joshua as a new leader to take over for Moses and lead the people of Israel into the promised land. We saw in Joshua chapter 2, Joshua sending out spies into Jericho, and the report that the spies bring back is what they hear from Rahab the harlot, that all the people of the land are trembling because they've heard about what the Israelites have done, uh, what their God has done in bringing them up out of Egypt through the Red Sea and destroying the two kings of the Amorites, the uh, Sion and Og, in the Transjordan area. So they've heard all these reports, and they're now cowering before them. Uh, Joshua chapter 2 Uh, also talks about uh, Rahab's making a deal with the people of Israel so that if they will uh, protect her and her household when they come to Jericho to conquer the city, uh, that uh, she will uh, keep them hidden and not report them to the authorities there. Then in Joshua chapter 3, we saw uh, the crossing of the Jordan River. And now in Joshua chapter 4, we're continuing on with the account of the crossing of the Jordan River. All the people are now across the Jordan, but there are some other things that the Lord wants to make sure that are done as they have crossed over the Jordan River here. So Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now it came about when all the nations had finished, uh, when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them saying, take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down uh, in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan and each of you take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. So here the Lord desires that Israel would remember what he's done at the Jordan River crossing. Now this uh, event mirrors to some extent what happened during the time of the Exodus. You'll remember after the 10th plague, the Lord institutes the feast of Passover and that taking of the lamb and killing of the lamb is intricately woven together with the the 10th plague and the protection of the people of Israel from the destroyer, the uh, avenging angel who was to come through the land and kill the firstborn uh, in the houses of the Egyptians. 
and also during that time, the festival of unleavened bread that had been instituted, both of these taking place in Exodus chapter 12. So I want to look back at Exodus 12 for a moment and read about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and uh, the institution of the Passover. This is Exodus chapter 12, and I want to start in verse 14. I think there's a very intentional connection here, as there is it with a lot of what's going on in Joshua 3 and 4 with what had formerly happened during the time of the Exodus. Exodus 12, verse 14. Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. And on the first day you shall have a holy assembly, and another holy assembly on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them, except what uh, must be eaten by every person. That alone may be prepared for you. You shall also observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this day, on this very day, I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Now, this is important to remember these time uh, elements because we are going to see this time element again in Joshua uh, chapters 4 and 5 here. So I'll read this again. Uh, You shall also observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance in the first month on the 14th day of the month at evening. That's when the Festival of Unleavened Bread begins, first month, 14th day, and to the 21st day. So for seven days, and then in verse 19, Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he's an alien or a native of the land, you shall not eat anything leavened. In all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. Then he goes on to talk about the Passover lamb. Uh, Verse 21, Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take for yourselves lambs according to your families and slay the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood which is in the basin and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and to the two doorposts. And none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come in to your houses to smite you. Okay, so we have this, uh, these two memorials, the memorial of unleavened bread, and they're to observe this for seven days. It's an annual festival, and the memorial of the Passover, the Passover lamb. And then we are given, starting in verse 24 of Exodus 12, the reason why we're to do this. Uh, why the people of Israel were to do this. Verse 24, And you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. 
And it will come about when you enter the land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, that you shall observe this right. And it will come about when your children will say to you, What does this right mean to you, that you shall say, It is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians, but spared our homes. And the people bowed low and worshipped. Then the sons of Israel went and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So we have the purpose of the Passover given to be a, a teaching illustration for future generations, that they would understand what the Lord had done during the time of the Exodus. And the unleavened bread, we didn't read the verses here that correspond, but the purpose of the unleavened bread was to remind the people of Israel that they didn't even have time to leaven their bread as they were leaving uh, Egypt. They were just forced to go so quickly. Uh, so it was a, a demonstration, again, of the Lord's power through the plagues to change the heart of Pharaoh and the Egyptians to drive Israel out uh, into the wilderness. Now, going back to our passage then, in Joshua, we see the connection here uh, that's taking place with these memorial stones uh, that are going to be taken out of the riverbed of the Jordan River and set up as a memorial for this event. Just as the, the festival of unleavened bread and Passover were to be lasting memorials to what the Lord had done in Egypt through the Exodus, now here in the book of Joshua, these 12 stones are going to be taken out of the river and set up very visibly in a place where the people of Israel could go and look at them and remember uh, what had taken place here. So the specifics here of the memorial are given in verses 1 through 5. Joshua points 12 men, and this goes back to uh, chapter 3. We saw uh, the verse there that talked about um, selecting 12 individuals, one from each tribe. Now we're told that Joshua has appointed these 12 men, one from each tribe, and they're to go to the place where the priests are standing in the river. So the priests are still there. All Israel has crossed over now. Remember, the waters of the Jordan were cut off miles upstream, so there's no water anywhere right now. Uh, the people of Israel have all crossed over, but the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant are still in the midst of where the river would be. And now these men are told to go back and pick up 12 stones. Now, I don't think these were, you know, like David's five smooth stones that we commonly think of, these small, tiny riverbed stones. These would have been large boulders because he says... Put them up on your shoulders. So this would have taken some strength for these uh, Israelite men to gather these stones, put them up on their shoulders, and carry them all back across the Jordan River to where they were going to be uh, camping. Notice in verses 2 and 3, again, as we have so often uh, observed in Joshua, the Lord commands Joshua in those verses. And then in verses four and five, Joshua commands the people. So Joshua is continuing to follow his leader here. He commands the people to um, cross again 
to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. So 12 stones being hauled back from the middle of the river, and they would be set up. Uh, and then in verses 6 and 7, he gives the reason for these stones. He says, let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. The purpose of a memorial is to help someone remember something. In our country, we have a day called Memorial Day that we designate to remember those in our armed forces who have fought and died for our country, uh, given up their lives for the freedoms that we celebrate. Here in Joshua, the memorial is to remember the miracle that the Lord has accomplished in cutting off the waters of the Jordan River to allow Israel to enter into the land of Canaan. Again, this is a wonderful demonstration. As we saw in chapter 3, this is a sign to the people of Israel that God is going to accomplish the promise that he has made of driving out all the heathen nations and giving them this land. And now, even beforehand, he's setting up a memorial so that they can remember in future generations what he's done. For those of us who believe in Christ today, we have memorials that the Lord has instituted for us as well. And I think there are two very clear memorials that are brought out in Scripture, uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Now, baptism is a one-time memorial, a one-time memorial that commemorates something that's happened in a person's life, and it's a public demonstration of that happening. When a person puts their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that they are made a new creation. They're reconciled to God. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within them, and they're given new life. Baptism is a very public uh, demonstration of what has already happened in that person's life. The Lord's Supper was to be a reminder, and I think biblically a weekly reminder, uh, on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Sunday, as we can see in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, of the death and resurrection of Jesus. So we remember the Lord's death and resurrection till he comes. So even as Christians, uh, we have memorials that we remember in what the Lord has done for us. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.